Uh, I'm Brennan Urich. I'm the uh, CEO and Director of Electric Royalties. Uh, we are a royalty company focused exclusively on those clean energy metals uh, required for the world to move forward to a clean energy future. Uh, we've got 21 royalties in our portfolio to date. Uh, we just closed our second producing royalty acquisition. Um, we've got another couple that we uh, expect to come into production over the next year. Uh, and so uh, it's exciting times. Um, you know, we're, we're really... Uh, you know, looking forward to uh, 2023. Brendan, thank you for the introduction. Good to speak to you again. Um, <clears throat> you've just bought a, an, a your second producing royalty. Uh, just for the sake of the viewers, can you just remind me about the first producing royalty and then we'll come on to the second one. So the first producing royalty is? Yeah, so our first producing royalty is uh, on a zinc mine in the US. Uh, operated intermittently for over 50 years. Produced over 2 billion pounds of zinc. Um, the operators trap Agura, so you know they're a very, very well-established group. Uh, they've got lots of capital, and uh, they took that over from uh, Nearstar. I think it was about 2019. Um, but fantastic mine! It's actually vertically integrated with the Clarksville smelter, which is the only primary zinc producer in the U.S. Um, and so that's paying. We we acquired that with Sprott uh, coming in alongside of us, um, and so they put in about 13.5 million cash uh, alongside of us to get that deal done a couple of years ago. Um, but you know, a very steady paying royalty, something that we expect to pay for a long time to come. And um, uh, we really like zinc as well and, and, and that outlook for price. Uh, and then the uh, second royalty that we just, second producer royalty. Yeah. Sorry, before we get onto that, just, just yeah. what, what, does that, what does that first royalty uh, con uh, contribute to you in terms of cash flow on an annual basis? And I, I know it varies, but, yeah, um, yeah. But, but roughly what are you expecting this year for, to come from that? Yeah, about half a million dollars uh canadian and we actually do have an option uh that will come in august of this year uh whereby we could actually double our royalty interest in that so that would push it up to about a million a year um and so that's that's coming due in august of this year but right now it's about five hundred thousand. are you thinking uh, you know what's the current thinking um on terms of your allocation of capital you do you think that's a probability that you're going to go for it yeah i think i always like to wait you know with the options it's the nice thing is you have some time um and so kind of see how things work out uh, ultimately, a lot of that will have to do with, you know, what our valuation is at. Um, you know, it doesn't make sense from a relative standpoint, but, um, you know, I would like to, if, if we were properly valued, I'd definitely do it. Um, that being said, I think that we're able to deploy capital, uh, potentially a little bit more efficiently, um, and do some new deals. Um, just like we recently did on, uh, Panuta. There we go. A segue, a neat segue to the second asset, Panuta. Yeah. Well, it's, it's the largest, uh, tip producer in Europe. Uh, fantastic operating team. Um, that was one of the big things uh, that was important for me. You know, if you're going to go into a small mining situation where they need capital, um, you know, which is a perfect place for a royalty company to come in and, and provide some non-dilutive capital, uh, you really want to make sure you have a good operations team. Um, and so these guys are a group that I was very comfortable with. Um, they put several small mines in production in Colombia. Um, and, you know, I love tin. It's probably one of my favorite metals to be able to get the only tip producer in Europe and get a metal on that mine. Um, you know, they have a, a license to mine there, I think 75 years, uh, renewable, no, 30 years renewable for up to 75 years. Um, Where is and, it? Yeah, it's in Spain. So they've been, uh, yeah, they've been mining there since, um, since ancient Roman times, really. Uh, and so it's a, it's one of those ore bodies, everything they dig up is ore. It's, it's uh, pretty special. Is it, is it in that, uh, tin, tin tungsten belt on the west towards Portugal on, in the, in Extremadura? I, I, I don't have the chart of it, you know, the, the map out of the, to tell you exactly where it would lie in there. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely, you know, within that Spanish belt, um, uh, would be what, do what I say. Okay, good. Um, well, I, 
I, I, have you been out there yet? I mean, have you have you have you actually visited site yet? Uh, unfortunately, I haven't been out there yet. Um, but we did send somebody, so we had an independent engineer uh, go check it out. Um, and when we did that deal, we had to close that over the holidays, so you know, it was a little bit tighter uh, in terms of trying to get people there, get things done. Um, so I haven't had a, an opportunity yet to go out there, but uh, we actually have an option on that royalty as well. Um, you know, like a lot of our deals that we do, or we could actually double our royalty interest in that as well. And we have uh, seven months from closing and we, we just recently closed that. So at some point over the next, uh, you know, five, six, seven months, I'd expect that I'd make it out there, um, you know, ahead of us deciding to pull the trigger. Well, if you ever want a guide to help you, I'd, I'd be most delighted to come with you because uh, that part of Spain, the, the food and the wine is totally delicious and the people are great. But that's a, that's a quite a different thing. Um, <clears throat> tell me about the, you know, what was the size of the transaction? How much did you invest uh, and, and what percentage royalty did you get? Yeah, so uh, we actually were able to get that deal done with very minimal cash, um, which I think speaks to the lack of capital really in this space still. Um, it only cost us a million dollars cash uh, and then uh, some shares of electric royalties, a nominal amount. Um, but yeah, for a million dollars, you know, and that's a situation where these guys are going through ramp up and, you know, they need a million dollars. And if you try and go to the equity markets and, and raise equity at that time, you know, the bankers are going to kill you. <laughs> uh, you know, it'll be five cents and it'll be, you know, full warrant and then that. So, you know, having somebody like us that can step in and, you know, you always need a little bit more capital when you're just bootstrapping things at, at that time. Um, and so it's just a, a win-win for both parties. Um, you know, we get in and, and get in at a price that we can afford and, uh, and, you know, we get that long-term uh, upside and exposure to uh, to an asset we think will be producing for a long time to come. And what was the what was the royalty um, um, in a yeah, percentage-wise? So, so we had a 0.75% gross revenue royalty uh, for that. Uh, and once we've recouped uh, basically our after-tax uh, cost of that, which would be about $1.6 million, um, we, then it drops down to 0.5%. So you lose 0.25%. Uh, and then the option is the exact same. Uh, the option is doesn't have any shares of electric royalty in the acquisition costs, but it would be 1.25 million uh, Canadian cash. That would get us basically the exact same royalty, a 0.75% royalty that basically reduced down to 0.5% after we'd recouped um, Canadian $1.67 million from that royalty. And um, yeah. what, what is their production uh, output expected to be, for example, uh, this year? Yeah, well, it's it's... It's a little more complicated than that. Like it's actually an industrial mine site. There's a lot of different metals and stuff that they can um, uh, agglomerate and make revenue off of. And that's really going to be part of the push this year. Uh, part of the capital that we gave them is going to allow them to, um, you know, look at start exporting high grade feldspar that they already have on site. Um, they have tin is, is definitely the majority of the revenues to date. Um, it's a little over 50%. Uh, they also have tanfulum revenues. Um, and that would be another big one. That'd be again, I think about 40% of it. Um, so in terms of aggregate production, it's, you know, uh, I don't have a gold equivalent house calculation for you. Um, but like I said, I mean, these guys are the most significant tin producer, tantalum producer all of Europe. And so there wasn't really any you know, other options or any bigger producers out there for us to, um, you know, go work with and, and try and finance. I think uh, that's part of the exciting thing is that we're working with this team now. I think there's going to be a consolidation, um, you know, especially in the tin space is right for it. And we'd like to be the group that's there to you know, help that consolidation and, and help these groups grow. Do you, do you have, um, is it, do you take a royalty just on the tin and the tantalum or uh, what's the split it's between the revenue. two? Yeah. It's, so it's, we it's, keep a gross revenue. So it's on, it'd be on everything. Oh, on everything from that mind side. So, so yeah. from, from, from Panuta, whatever comes out the door, you've got the gross revenue. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's uh, safer that way. <laughs> you know, leaves less room for, 
uh, people that kind of, uh, uh, you know, optimize certain commodities or, or put, uh, you know, focus on not that our royalty necessarily would lead them to do that. Um, you know, we try and keep our royalties to a pretty modest level that aren't going to hurt the operation. Um, you know, the longer they're producing, the more money we make. So, uh, but yeah, it would be on across all of their, uh, revenue streams. You know, they, they have some potential for uh, niobium as well, you know, down the road, but, um, yeah, we're excited. I honestly, I think helping shine a light on those guys and what they're doing there. Um, I think they're going to see a lot more interest, you know, hopefully out of Europe as well, because, um, it's, as crazy as it sounds, you know, Europe is far behind on all these critical metals, uh, but they're doing very little to actually support the few groups that are uh, producing or, or have a chance to produce in the near future. In, in, in dollar terms, it, uh, what do you expect to come from Panuta in your, in your royalty for this year? Yeah. So if I look at their, uh, you know, kind of historical revenues and unless ballpark can say, uh, on an annual basis, as of today, you know, uh, they're making around us $20 million. Um, you know, we expected that it was going to be, you know, in that range of red $200,000 Canadian, um, us 20 to 25 million. Um, and we thought, yeah, in, in the 150 to 200 K range on a, on a fairly conservative basis. I mean, tin prices are half of where they were, you know, a year ago. Um, you know, we think there's upside in the tantalum as well, but, um, uh, also on their production profile, you know, these guys have been steadily improving operations, uh, continually increasing production. Um, that's what, you know, bootstrapping, they came in with uh, very little capital, right? So it takes a little bit more time to ramp up production. Um, but, uh, but, but they're doing it and, and there's some further upside from there, you know, 12, 15 months out, I think they're going to come to a decision. Um, uh, do we expand the plant, uh, capacity? Uh, cause they have a, a lot of the pieces there and really for 10 to $15 million, they could double production. Um, and so I think that'll be, you know, another kind of a nice upside that we'll, we'll see come to fruition over the next kind of 24 months. Really what you're building a picture of is a company in electric royalties that has got these two elements of, um, income. You're looking at, um, 650 to $700,000 of income, uh, and presumably your overheads are relatively low and you then you've got the optionality, uh, on the other side. Tell me what your overheads are, please, and what your cash balance is at the moment. Yeah, so our, our GA is very low. Um, I think kind of all in last year, uh, we are about a million and a half. And up that, uh, yeah, we were heavy on marketing last year. So we spent over half a million dollars on marketing, uh, trying a lot of different things out, um, you know, mainly because we felt we were so undervalued. Uh, but that's definitely something that, you know, I think we figured out what works, what, you know, what doesn't, and, and we could definitely be shaving down. Uh, and then really deal costs, honestly, would be about a third of that as well. Um, and so I wouldn't really call that traditional GNA, you know, if we're not doing deals, um, then we're, that, that cost is gone. Uh, but every time we do a deal, especially because we're one of the few royalty groups out there, uh, that creates new royalties, that's a little more expensive from a legal side, you know, it costs maybe 50, 150 K per deal. Um, if you're creating brand new royalty out of nothing, cause you got to negotiate all the agreements from, uh, from, from nothing. Right. So, <laughs> so it takes a little bit longer. Uh, the lawyers get their teeth into it a bit, but, um, so that's about a third of it as well. And then from there, you know, it's like our listing costs. Um, you know, we keep uh, everything, you know, pretty lean. We use uh, back office services. So, you know, as needed um, and on the technical side as well. So if we're not doing deals, I mean, you know, our DNA could theoretically be, you know, very, very, very low. So, so, so you've effectively got your, your kind of true DNA covered um, with a little bit of headroom for a little bit of marketing and the, and the occasional deal. That's just on the income. Um, what about your, um, you, you raised four and a bit million last year. Is that, is that right? Is any uh, of that left? Uh, three and a half, 3.4 million. Yeah. 3.4. Uh, yeah. 3.4 million equity. That was about March. Um, so 
you know, kind of just as uh, Putin kicked things off in Ukraine and, and, you know, markets were pretty tough. We wanted to get some capital. We had uh, our Zonia copper deal to get done. We used a lot of the cash actually to, to close that deal. Um, and then we did put in place uh, right now just a, a fairly limited uh, facility. It's a convertible facility with one of our largest shareholders. Um, they own over, you know, 17% of the company. And uh, it's very favorable. You know, there's uh, no early uh, payback terms. There's, um, you know, uh, no interest. Everything is capitalized uh, until the end. It's a three-year term. There's a convertible uh, piece where it can actually convert into equity at 50 cents a share. Um, you know, so there's a lot of, uh, there's no setup fee. There was no structuring fee, nothing like that. So about as favorable a facility as you could find. Um, and so, we so, so how, mu how much was it? So we only uh, have agreed on two million as of now, and that was that was primarily because of me. Um, you know, we we're working on some other financing options, and uh, there's a lot of money right now at this space that is is definitely keen to um, get involved and and grow their exposure in this space. So, you know, we're just kind of uh, um, maybe just kind of seeing what 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 comes, you know. Uh, but there is potential there, quite frankly. Uh, yeah, Stefan is a, a fantastic shoulder. He said that he would up that facility to 10 million if we wanted. Um, and so, uh, you know, I think it at least puts pressure on other groups uh, for terms, you know, if they're talking about coming to the table with us. Yeah, good. It's, it's always good to have a bit of um, uh, competitive tension in, in any bid situation. I noticed you've got the, the you've picked up the runner, uh, nickel asset. But before we talk about that, uh, let's talk about um, Sayona Lithium, because this the yeah. OTIA project is about to come into production, which is another one of your... Uh, um, royalties that you've you've got in your portfolio. Yeah, there's an exciting one too. I mean, it's it's one of the first royalties we picked up. We picked it up about two and a half years ago, and when we acquired it, the operator Santa Mining, um, I think they had about a six million market cap. Uh, lithium spot event prices were about four hundred a ton. Uh, you know, fast forward to today, they're over five thousand a ton. Uh, Sayona is a over a two billion dollar market cap. Last time I checked. Um, and so, uh, yeah, they're fully funded uh, to go to production. They've been, uh, I think, procurement and production was about 90% there as of about a month ago. They have all the permits in place. Um, and essentially, the Canada Lithium Mine is ramping up production, and they are planning to blend ore from the Oche project, which sits right next door, uh, to help that ramp up. Um, and uh, they're planning to produce about 180,000 tons of lithium concentrate a year at the Canada Lithium Mine, uh, of which about... 33% of that ore is going to come from OJET. So about 60,000 tons or so a year you expect to come from uh, the project that we have a royalty on. Uh, but it's going to be the largest producing lithium mine in Canada next year. Um, you know, these lithium prices, it's going to make a lot more money than we expected when we acquired it. Um, and uh, we're excited. Yeah, that'll be our third uh, producing royalty. Um, and that could happen anytime over the next couple of months. Their target date was Q1. And, uh, you know, we don't see anything to uh, say that that's not going to happen. Um, but that's exciting. And like you said, I mean, there's the, the revenue income side. This will be our third of 21 royalties producing. Uh, but we have 18 others that are all being developed along that path. Um, you know, we had nine updates just this last month alone. Um, and so there's a lot of activity as these royalties are going to keep moving away. Let's just stick with um, the, 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 um, the, 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 the OTA. Um, you know, what are you, at current prices, what are you expecting in terms of cash flow uh, over the course of let's call it uh, a year from Q2 to um, Q2 next, you know, um, Q2 23 to Q2 24, if they hit nameplate capacity and metal prices are what they are today. Yeah, well, now you might get me in trouble here. Um, 
it's it's difficult for me to uh, be able to to give investors forecasts when there's uh, an Australian company uh, that owns one of our assets, as as is the case here, because they don't have a an I forty three one a one that's up there for investors to go see and and review. Um, I have to be careful in terms of when I can you know forecast. Is, is, uh, is, is there is there is there a Jork uh, report because Australian companies need to yeah. publish Jork results? I, I do know that the Canadian Stock Exchange insists that um, companies publish the full um, NI forty three one hundred one, whereas in Australia, uh, the companies are only obliged to publish the summary, so they don't necessarily provide the full background detail. Is that the case? And in, 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 is that the situation here? Yeah, that's that's exactly the situation here. And uh, I, I don't think I've ever seen a an Australian company actually publish what, you know their jork online. But uh, but yeah, that is the case. And as as a Canadian listed company, um, it it just makes it more difficult for us forecasting. But uh, you know, we we expect that royalty is going to be um, you know a major paying royalty. Uh, and um, uh, yeah, I wish so, I could say so, more. So, well, let, let let me ask you this: um, uh, what what is the royalty that you? Uh, are publicly able to talk about on OTA? Yeah, well, so, I mean, I, we have a 0.5% gross revenue royalty on OTA. Uh, we do have uh, 2% gross revenue royalties in and around on the expiration claims. Um, I will say this, this makes it a little bit more difficult in terms of forecasting as well, but it's the only royalty in our entire portfolio um, that doesn't cover the entire deposit. So it covers about half the deposit. So when you look at, um, say, on a, uh, putting in the can of lithium in my back in production, their target nameplate is about 180,000 tons a year of which about 33% is expected to be or from OJ. Um, you know, so that'd be about 60,000 tons a year. You cut that in half, you know, our exposure would be about 30,000 tons a year. Um, so you can, you know, I'll, I'll let you run the numbers and say it. Yeah, yeah, the great, 30, great. And 0.5% times, uh, uh, you know, 5,000, 5,500, whatever you want to use. <laughs> okay, I will, I will do the maths. Thank you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Good, and I, I won't uh, repeat it out loud in public, but I will uh, I will uh, simulate that uh, internally. Good, that is expected to come into production Q1, yeah. and obviously there'll be an, uh, a ramp-up period, and um, the, the, the resources sector is famous for being late and over budget, so all of those will have to be factored into the uh, the expectations. You know, you have to, one needs to dial one's expectations down to cope with the poor performance of the resources sector um yet despite that we are in a in a period of increasing demand for battery metals lithium prices nickel prices uh can you just give me your opinion on where we are in the macro and where the where this kind of moving train has got to um uh in in industrial thinking yeah, well, I, I just think everybody's still kind of missing the point. Um, yeah, we were already running out of a lot of these resources before the clean energy transition. You know, we knew 10 years ago we were going to need a new you know, copper mine like Escondida every you know couple of years just to fill the uh, uh, copper uh, supply gap that we see, um, you know, coming over the next kind of five, 10 years. You add in the uh, electrification of the entire planet and, and moving towards clean energy and, you know, uh, all the different extra uh, demand hits that are going across, you know, zinc, copper, nickel, tin, um, all the metals which we chase. And um, it's just crazy. I mean, the, the supply side hasn't gotten better. It's not getting any better. You know, we've mined out a lot of the best deposits on earth already, um, and we're not finding anymore. You know, even uh, copper exploration is up to an all-time high. The number of discoveries is still, you know, not happening, um, as has been the case for about, you know, last 10 years. I mean, think about how many major discoveries we've had 
Um, and so I, I just see a major supply issue for, for a lot of these metals. And you're talking about 8 billion people on this planet. You're talking about compounded growth on demand. So every year, it's about an extra 7% on top of the 7% every year that has grown before. Um, and so you're talking astronomical numbers, um, you know, for these metals that we need. You're talking about five, six, seven times increases in production. Um, and to your point, you know, when we try and go in and, and you know, start producing these metals, there's always issues, um, you know, especially when you're at the forefront of a lot of these groups trying to, uh, you know, create something new. Um, you know, whether it's the manganese developers or, um, you know, the nickel developers. Uh, but there's a, a lot of new challenges that groups are facing, um, uh, as well as trying to make them, uh, you know, have a, a cleaner carbon footprint as well. So a lot of new technologies being involved. Um, and so, but just really honestly on the supply side, I don't, I don't see how we don't see very high metal prices moving forward. Um, I would call it to super cycle and I'd say, you know, the next 10, 20 years, um, you know, look pretty good for, for metals that we actually need, not gold per se, but, uh, metals that we actually need. Uh, well, there are other people who, um, can articulate a pretty cogent um, rationale for the gold price remaining strong. But uh, let's not use this form for that uh, particular argument. Working on that supply-demand um, uh, rationale, that you've got this, kind of this, this super cycle coming through, uh, supply constraints due to a whole variety of reasons, geological scarcity, lack of exploration, um, new technology, you, you name it. Um, what do you... How do you value a royalty company? Um, you know, what's what's a forward cash flow multiple that you'd be comfortable uh, saying that these companies should be on ten well, times cash flow, or twenty times, or thirty times? You know, what's what's the basis? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's always kind of funny for me when you talk about valuation multiples because if you look at us and <laughs> our valuation multiples, we're trading at um, you know a fraction of where where we should. But I just look at what junior royalty groups out there uh, typically trade at. You know, the average. Uh, last I checked, it was about 10 times cash flow. Um, and the uh, net at PNAV was about one times NAV. So, um, you know, we'd love to be be at one times NAV. I think we're, like I said, we're at a very fraction of that. Um, but that's typically what you see. The, the nice thing is as a royalty group gets bigger, you know, that 10 times cash flow goes up to 25, 30. Um, you know, the PNAV goes up from one to two. And so, you know, as we keep growing and if we can get to that kind of, um, you know, level, a lot of that just kind of, you know, kicks in as well. It's just other benefit of the, the royalty business model. As you get more diversified, you start to um, get a little bit better multiple as well. Excellent. So what, 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 how do you see you trading at the moment in your PNAV? Where do you um, think you, you call yourself at? Well, I, <laughs> I'd say less than, uh, you know, less than 20% of that. I, um, it's tough for me to be able to kind of calculate. I, I don't know if I'm, uh, we have an internal PNAV. Um, but if you look across our portfolio, you know, 21 royalties, let's just take, uh, the middle Tennessee zinc royalty that's paying out, you know, 500,000 a year right now. We took a 10 X valuation on that. That'd be about 5 million. You know, you look at, uh, Panuda, let's just say it was 200,000 a year. Uh, 10 X would be another 2 million. We have 19 more royalties, uh, one of them, uh, the Battery Hill Royalty or Manganese Royalty, the only real district in North America um, that's going to be the next uh, source of manganese for the battery space. You know, we're expecting that would be anywhere from US three and a half to five million a year. You know, they have forty plus year mine life on that. Um, so you know, just that royalty once in production, you know, you can see would be maybe equal to our entire market cap today. So I think there's a lot of growth value. You know, in a PNAV, we'd be able we'd be able to see that. I can't really share you know that detailed one uh, necessarily with you guys, but uh, you'd be able to see that kind of boost in value 
uh, outside of the cash flow. And that's really where a lot of our value is today. I think is our development projects that we have out there. Um, yeah, we even know over the next couple of years, but really three years out, four years out, we have some big projects we expect to come into production um, that really could change the needle. Uh, but but we do actually have a couple of graphite projects that over the next kind of 12 to 24 uh, months, we think uh, you know could be very interesting. Grafmata could come into production. It was already in production for 30 months continuously. Uh, sorry, 20 months continuously. Um, they shut down because of COVID restrictions in the country. Uh, so they could bring that back into production very, very quickly this year. And then Northern Graphite, um, you know, they just signed a joint venture agreement to open a very big facility um, in Eastern Canada. And uh, they also indicated as part of that, they were looking at potentially doing a 100,000 ton per year case at Bissett Creek. Um, now, Bissett Creek initially, I think about 25,000 tons a year uh, was the plant production profile. So that would be a 4X, you know, increase in terms of the cash flow. Um, you know, it's basically feasibility stage ready to go. And so as soon as they finish simulating those producing mines uh, that they've already acquired, uh, we'd expect that that would be their uh, next asset to put in production. And, um, you know, Northern Graphite is now one of the largest graphite producers outside of China. So great operator to do it. Um, when you talk about Battery Hill, you know, they're only at the PFS stage. You know, it might be a good project, but a, a, a large complex project like this does take an awfully long time to come into production, I mean, uh, particularly with a kind of a, a logistics exercise that any bulk mineral development uh, is, you yeah. know, the timelines for development are longer than for a, let's come back to our old favorite gold, for example. Um, you know, it, it can be five, 10, 15 years before something comes into production. So yeah, I, think, it, I think lithium you know, might be uh, the quickest of the game now. I mean, I, I thought uh, we're looking at seven, eight years was kind of their target uh, yeah. on the timeline. And I've seen these things move pretty quickly. Um, you, you'd be right in some cases. Yeah. I mean, I think the manganese one is kind of interesting because even though it's typically a bulk, you know, a bulker commodity, um, when they're doing the upgrading of the process and you're selling in at, you know, $2,900 a ton, it's a, I think it's a little bit of a different uh, game than it would be if it was, say, an iron ore project, which is more traditional bulk um, because they're mining a lot more ore, but they're really upgrading it, you know, at site. And yeah. for these guys, the, the reason why I like them, you know, the most of really any of these manganese developers globally is that the metallurgy is most advanced. You know, they've been working at it for three years with Cometco. Cometco is a great group. Um, and so they've got the metallurgy nailed down. And you look at some of the other groups out there, you know, they've done bench scale tests. And, and that's really where you'll get in trouble. Uh, from a, an ore body perspective, you know, they don't have to poke very many drill holes down to find the ore body. It's pretty, you know, pretty safe in that regard. But it's all about the metallurgy on that. And, and those guys are, um, you know, very advanced. I'd expect there's going to be a group that's going to come take over um, you know, and, and dominate that space, like, uh, the mineral sands industry. Um, you know, this would be one of the projects just like Rio Tinto has one in Eastern Canada, uh, for mineral sands, I'd expect something for, uh, for this as well. Let's say you're trading at uh, a fifth of your, uh, or less of your, of your appropriate PNAV. Your market capitalization today is 25 million US or 33 Canadian. What, are, how are you going to close that? How are you going to close that discount gap? You know, what are the catalysts, the value catalysts you've got to deliver yeah. in terms of news to be able to kind of close that? Because even if you close it to 50%, you know, to, to half PNAV, you know, that's a double in your share price. Yeah. Yeah. And which means a lot because, you know, myself, I'm fully invested in the company. You know, I'm about 95% yeah. invested in my family's big shareholders. Um, and so I, I really care about that. And we obviously, you know, we'd love to get to a proper valuation. I think a lot of the catalysts, you know, in the near term are going to come partially from OJ coming into production, you know, having yeah. our capital start to come in from Panuda. You know, we have options on both uh, Panuda and our Middle Tennessee Zinc royalty to increase them this year. 
Um, and so that'll make us, you know, cash flow positive is our expectation among, amongst those. And I think that's a big catalyst for a company. Um, and so, you know, part of that'll be, uh, hopefully come from that aspect. Um, you know, we have some bigger transactions and some other deals in the works that we're, uh, you know, hoping that'll also give us a boost. Um, we've got a fantastic pipeline of deals, uh, about 50 different pipeline deals in our pipeline. And we're just, you know, actively pushing on those, seeing, um, you know, which ones would be a good fit and, and hammering out terms, but, um, we've got a lot of new deals that we could do. Uh, ultimately I think there's a lot of uh, private equity money out there, um, that I think is going to start snipping around as well. Um, and you know, if we can't get there or we, we can't get to real estate valuation, um, I think the private equity guys would be more than happy to buy us at anywhere near, you know, where, wherever trading. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see how this year goes, but there's a couple of big private equity portfolios out there right now that I know are making the rounds and the valuation relative, you know, to us, which would be, um, you know, the only kind of semblance of a clean energy metal royalty portfolio. Um, I think they make us look, you know, starkly undervalued. So, uh, it should be a, it should be a string year, and um, yeah, hopefully we start to uh, get re-rated a bit. Well, that's that the critical thing, isn't it? It's that it's it's your value relative to peers in the sense that you know the, if um, if you can demonstrate that you're trading at point two or less of your or um, price to nav or your um, or your cash flow multiples are a fraction of what your peers are, um, and you have a couple of o. Uh, entries into the market at much higher valuations and then on a relative valuation basis you you can appreciate yeah well um, i think a part of it i mean we might be a victim of our own success a little bit uh, because our acquisition costs are so low on some of these deals um you know when you look at even say seymour lake uh we acquired that about a year and a half ago we only paid a million dollars in shares you fast forward to today if you know where lithium prices have gone one part of it uh, but they've partnered with Lithium Americas. You know they've raised seventy million in the last kind of seven eight months. Um, they're planning to fast that track, fast track that to production. Um, you know, and so uh, the value of these royalties is steadily growing and increasing. And and uh, you know we see that, but it's tougher I think for investors to see. You know, when we we pay so little, uh, how could it be worth so much? Um, you know, even a, a year or two later. But uh, the reality is that the value has been growing and. Um, you know, at some point here, as these get close to production, yeah, we hope to get more value for them. Uh, but this year, like I said, we're hoping to get our third royalty into production, potentially even a fourth. Um, and that's outside of us doing any new deals. Uh, but, uh, you know, cash flow positive is kind of the first hope that we have, I guess, uh, to, to help you re-rate it. Good. Well, I look forward to the re-rating. I look forward to um, speaking to you again when either uh, OTA comes into production, which will hopefully be soon, uh, or you do a new deal, or the fourth producing uh royalty comes into uh into sight um but uh brendan thank you very much for the update it's been a, a fascinating take on on the wild ride of uh battery metals commodities uh sorry royalties <laughs> thanks for that i appreciate it uh, it's not too wild of a ride as a battery metal royalty company i think it's uh now that we have a portfolio of 21 royalties um you know there's been uh, close to 500 million raised over the last kind of two years now in our portfolio um, we just had another 15 million go into our nickel asset, uh, ran up in, in Norway. Um, and so it's, it's easy for us because, you know, there's management teams out there working on our assets every day. Um, and we have no extra costs. We just kind of sit back and, um, let these develop and, and go acquire new assets. So, um, life is good as a royalty company, uh, and definitely in the battery metal space.